When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From Heads of Studios in Dublin, welcome to Motherfuck Lore, a podcast about words, Irish, Irish words, and words from Ireland. I am Dara Cushay. I'm Antin Bogokala. I'm Gerardine McElroy. And I'm African Creator. And you're all very welcome to our super special, fantastic Pride episode. Woo! Woo! I was talking to one of the co-founders of Pop-Up Gelduck recently, and he made a really interesting point to me that he that the Pop-Up Gelduck and s- some other recent Irish language events are actually inspired by the LGBT community, creating safe spaces and issues like that. And it's something I never thought about before, and it's something that's been on my mind a bit, but I thought... Like, why not have an episode talking about some of these, some some of these issues, and also the the recent in twenty eighteen the publication of Unfuckleratchach and some of the issues surrounding that and how they intersect or not with the Irish with the Irish language and the Irish language community. I'm delighted to have these all on to tell me more about it because I am here to learn. <laughs> <laughs> and we are so wise that we know everything. Right? So wise. I don't know what I'm supposed to know here. What am I supposed to contribute today? So, Anton, do you want to tell us about growing up in Donegal? Um, Anton Bjog, should I point out? Uh, um, do you want to explain it to our, our 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 listeners who haven't been to Donegal? To Donegal, um, well, Donegal gets this really bad rep as being like the Alabama of Ireland, and. We don't help ourselves in referendums. Like that. We really don't. Um, where like we we're the only county to vote against the abortion. Although that said, like loads of people don't live in Donegal anymore, and mm-hmm. you know there was um, out of my family of eight, I know that there were six yes votes, but three of them were outside the county. So um, it's funny now. I have to say I don't experience any homophobia about home, um, which is phenomenal but I think it, it's kind of because of the family I come from where like you know my mum and dad are kind of well known um, not in a kind of respected like doctors they're just good people but yeah so we get this really bad um, this really bad rep growing up uh, gay in Donegal was very difficult as I'm sure you can imagine where um, you know I like because like I wasn't only like super gay but I was also you know like very chubby and also quite strange so I was just the <laughs> trifecta do you know what I mean it's like I would have picked on me at my school um, but like that said you know like I didn't there wasn't like I had one bully in the school that I had to avoid what like people used to do is everyone like everybody said something which was way worse because you kind mm. of you know it's I, I completely understand these like when people talk about microaggressions now where it's like it's not the fact that they said or did that little thing. It's the fact that it's the thousandth time that you've heard that. Yeah. Um, but since, like, and um, I suppose I came out when I was uh, 18 in a very classy way in St. Patrick's Day in Seaview Nightclub in Quitor. Oh. <laughs> I, I came out because I was just, I was so sick and tired of just having to kind of deny who I was. So I came out, um, you know, and my like everyone was incredible. 
did my leaving cert, failed my leaving cert and had to do the final year being out and proud in PCC Fulcara, which was oh, really oh, difficult. Wow. Yeah, so, so, so you came out expecting never to come back? Yeah, I was just oh, like, man. this is, a, I'm leaving you losers behind. <laughs> and then I had to stay. Um, so yeah. Oh, I, it's, it's like a modern day peg. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But um, the funny thing it is, is, it actually it is. is. Ready to go and then you had to stay and deal with the adversity <laughs> and your life was never the same. But you know what? It's so many people do not believe I'm gay for whatever reason. So people are just like, oh no, that's a that's a practical joke he's pulling on everyone. That's for him to get girls <laughs> down game. the road. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like um, A lot no. of straight people don't believe in bears. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm very much a bear um, this thing so it's like this is the thing well, we should actually this is something for um, uh, for Folklore Etcha where they do the lists of gays so it's like you can be gay and that's grand but you can like there's gay twinks who are mm. you know um, young guys who would be kind of quite into fashion and um, smooth this sounds really dodgy already <laughs> but I would be considered either a cub or a bear because I am a hairy man with a bit of weight on me um, so yeah it's like mm. it would be great to actually see those distinctions as well because I'm sure it's just going to be a bear is going to be a is, bear. is bear in Karachi yeah. uh, I didn't see it no it is but it's just bear isn't it I'd I imagine so. it's I mean it comes from the being a bear yeah. like hairy and yeah, big being I guess a, Hmm. So it would be interesting to see what they have for like Silver Daddy and all these sort of because it's <laughs> yeah maybe yeah. they didn't want to start yeah, on yeah, one it's <laughs> like I can see why <laughs> da- Daddy isn't in there because Daddy is Daddy in Irish yeah. <laughs> and we'd have all noticed that one like, <laughs> <laughs> Africa do you want to tell us about maybe just uh, growing up and realising you loved Irish <laughs> Uh, yeah, I had, so I did two schools. I did one school, which was really horrific, and then moved into another one, which was, it's, it's almost made up how good it is for queer kids. Like, they've got uh, a kind of queer, straight ally, um, cis-trans ally group that meets every lunchtime, um, and they've got trans kids in first year. Uh, we keep trying to go in with Shout Out, which is the organization that goes around giving workshops to schools on homophobia and they just say like look it'll actually be too tough for you the kids are more woke than you <laughs> like when I was there there was like 12 gay kids in my year we all went to queer nights in sixth year um, there was like trans kids in the school but my first school wasn't like that so my first school was a bit tougher a bit rougher and uh, no out kids in the school but now I go back with shout out and it's great so I do think that a lot of it like it's not over in terms of kind of growing up gay or in terms of the homophobia, but it is definitely easier and the kids are a bit co- more copped on. Mm-hmm. But I was kind of wondering, did you find it easier being in the closet or out of the closet? Um, It was kind of, it, it's this weird thing. It's so much easier when you're mm-hmm. in the closet because everyone just assumes that, you know, all the girls you're hanging around with that, you know, you're shifting them every so often and they're just like, oh, you're some stud you. Um, <laughs> and, you know, but then it's just like you feel miserable, you know, you are mm-hmm. just this thing of, you know, like at the back of my head, I was like the whole time, my family are going to kick me out the second they find out I'm gay, um, which like didn't happen. And it's not because like my family are ignorant. Well, <laughs> like, not, not totally ignorant. No, but like they're really, really good. Um, but yeah, it was just that thing of, you know, you catastrophize it in your head and you're going, and I'm assuming it's the same with everyone. And like, it's really funny since I've come out, there's so many 
gaze about home now. You know, it's like, mm. I mean, I think my reception versus a lot of other people's is going to be massively different because um, I don't know if you guys know Junior Doctor uh, on Twitter. Um, like he he's gay himself and he his um, brother died by suicide as a result of homophobic bullying. He put up a big thread about this quite recently. And we live maybe like 10, 15 miles away from each other. And the fact that like, his reception and my reception are so massively different. So it is like, there are still massive problem areas, but at the same stage, you know, in my own experience, I can only speak for me, it's been just so much better now, mm. you know? Mm. I think one one comment that the kids always make when you go to the schools and we talk to them about homophobic bullying is they all say, oh, we don't mind if they're gay so long as they come out. Oh. Which is, yeah, like, they're more kind of suspicious and more kind of goading sometimes waiting for someone to come out because I don't know maybe they don't want to feel like something's being hidden from them or maybe they just want to know that they were right all along it, it speaks to it speaks to an entitlement you're entitled to know yeah. about that and particularly I th- I know I've been speaking to people the whole like getting, getting the reaction oh if somebody comes out to somebody else and be told oh we always knew or we were waiting for this that's not helpful at all yeah no no um, so we tell them to knit that in the bud. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, and then just kind of cover more general things with them. Yeah. That's great that you're doing it. Do you get, it's like, do you go to schools all around the, the country as well? Yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Uh, so we'd have kind of regional groups. It would have started mostly with universities. So there'd be like an NUIG mm-hmm. shout out. Uh, there'd be a Cork shout out. Uh, we work with Cara Friend in the north. Okay. Who are great. Um, and yeah, um, I think... One of our volunteers actually, he had a week off work, so we did a bunch of Gale Tech skills and Connemara at once kind of thing. Oh wow! And he translates the volunteer booklet for us and stuff as well. Um, and we actually have one of the founders is from Donegal. Okay. So he would very much do his best to kind of do as many workshops up there. Yeah, because I do remember um, I used to know people belong to, mm-hmm. and um, they sent a pack around to the schools to be put up. You know that if you are the gay kid. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like one principal I don't know what school it was but one principal was like it's grand we don't have any gay kids in the school it's like <laughs> really? That's yeah. the, didn't the Ayatollah say that about, or was it the Iranian president who said that? <laughs> but yeah it's bad, bad the bad Ayatollah said from. there were no gay kids in Donegal <laughs> he's really on it like <laughs> Why did he care? <laughs> Such so, yeah. a bizarre statement to make. I know. Wouldn't you love to have the confidence of that principal who was like, yes, I know the sexual yeah. orientation of all of my students. Like yeah. that confident, like you could bottle that and sell it. Like that that <laughs> level of absolute assurity. Like. <laughs> well, they say that now about trans kids. A principal might say, you know, oh, there's no trans kids in the school. And we say, look, there's no such thing as a single sex school. Like mm. there are trans kids in your school. It's do they feel okay? You know, do they? Yeah. That must be actually difficult. I I never actually thought of that before about trans kids and single sex schools because single sex schools are so common in Mm. Ireland. And I mean, that must be hugely difficult for, you know, trans kids who are are kids who are just like discovering, you know, their their identity and still not sure about it. And yet are in a single sex school and don't necessarily identify with that that gender. That must be really hard for them. I think the... The benefits of single-sex education were just accepted without any kind of a criticism for a long time back in Ireland, and the assumption was, oh, they're just—it's just better. Girls do better in in single-sex schools, and they thought, well, if girls doing well is what is what matters to you, then how come <laughs> everything else? Yeah, yeah that I, I don't necessarily buy that argument mm. that they were really concerned about the welfare of women. Something about the makeup of the rest of society <laughs> sort of questions that mm-hmm. logic. 
some some somewhat. But I'd like to think that if, if people are going through or asking questions about themselves yeah. and doing this good, good maybe if you could do it in an environment that's supportive and it's great yeah. to know that these things exist now. Certainly when I was in when I was in secondary school in the nineties, it was quite the opposite. I think gay was used as a catch-all term for every mm-hmm. single form mm-hmm. of behavior that was in some way uh, lacking or inadequate uh, whether it was being too good at school being too bad at school being too exactly correct or not being good at sport being a bit too into sport yeah it was, there's it, always yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. it's like it's it's almost yeah it was it was an icarin dilemma almost yeah and i think as well like most teenage boys that they are going to do they are going to use gay as an insult at some point mm-hmm. because it is that thing of you know, that reaction that it gets, you know, and I think it's kind of, not, but it's been done so much now that it's kind of lost its power, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. a little bit that, you know, in my day, if somebody accused me of being gay, I was like, no, I'm going to go chop some wood now. But yeah. now, it's, <laughs> you know, I don't think anybody like a teenager now would have that reaction, you know. Yeah. Yeah, well. I don't think chopping wood would help. <laughs> <laughs> what are the, um, one one project DCU and um, were involved in this year was the publication of Unfuckleracha. Yes, we were peripherally involved, but I'm mm. going to take that. Yeah, sure. Okay, take it. Um, Run with it. Uh, the Students Union of Ireland uh, started doing a Fuckleratach, which is a queer dictionary, um, because unfortunately there's a huge lack of appropriate terminology for for discussing identity and discussing um, LGBTQ plus terms. Um, so. Uh, Myself and my, my supervisor, um, Dr. Tanya Niberhula, got kind of roped into it, willingly got roped into it um, uh, to help out with some translations um, for these these terms. And uh, so that the uh, Students Union of Ireland could, could have it for for their partnerships with um, organisation. They were involved with, with Shout Out as well. And I know they were, they were talking about including them in the, the packs in schools, particularly for girls going up, because it's really hard to talk about, mm-hmm. you know, things beyond. I mean, there was words for like, gay, lesbian, but like it's, to talk about a, a wider spectrum of sexuality and gender, I mean there just was a lack of terminology and we had, I know we had Sinead on, Sinead Burke um, before talking about her not being able to talk about herself in Irish and for somebody who identified like you know all of us here identify a lot with Irish and, and it's part of our lives but not being able to talk about yourself in Irish is, is a huge issue and I remember re- reading um David Norris's autobiography, and he talked about how when he first learned the word gay, he ne- he didn't know that the things he was feeling was a thing, hmm. and then suddenly he learned what this word meant, and he was like, "Oh my god, this is I found my tribe, kind of, you know, this is what I am." Yeah. and I just that so, struck struck so much with me because I'm a language nerd um, that you know this there there would be a lack of way of describing who what you felt and who you were in your own language. Um, so it was so important to us to 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 get involved in it, and I was so glad to help out in it. Um, I'm not sure how myself, although myself and my supervisor did talk a lot about. I mean, I was kind of like I, I had come across new terms that I hadn't heard before. She came across new terms that she hadn't heard before. Um, but I'm not sure how well we would have dealt with like twink and like mm. daddy mm-hmm. and like, <laughs> sure. like I mean, across the boundaries of professional uh, academic relationships I could make there. up any word any phrase now and you'd be like oh I'm gonna have to translate yeah, that in a bit like the standard word for gay is eroch and that's been there for a while mm. and I know that um, some friends of mine who went to girl school said they had gay friends who didn't like eroch they preferred kind of different words and until quite recently there was no real Achuch is being used now, mm-hmm. but as recently as maybe as 12 months ago, people were asking me what the accepted Irish term for queer was. Yeah. And some people were saying, well, maybe let's make core happen. Yeah. Mm. Core. Core. Okay. Tanya and I both talked about this when we were doing it. Like, we, we had reservations about the word Asach. Now, 
both of us being cisgendered straight people we were kind of like maybe we shouldn't take a call on this mm-hmm. um but you know the 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 evolution of the word queer in english has yeah. had a, an evolution itself you know it was initially used as an insult and then it was kind of reclaimed by the gay community um but we weren't sure if that necessarily had happened in irish or if, if we were allowed to do it but it obviously you know it stuck we didn't want to rock the boat too much again being two straight women um but it was just something that we had talked about and i'm not sure like what your opinions on because Atach, it still does. I mean, it, something that is atach is something that is different or strange, um, and I get where it's coming from. You know, queer is coming from that that origin of it, but I'm not sure. I don't know how I feel. I, I didn't. I had mm. some reservations about it, and I know she did too. So I'm not sure how you feel it, about it's it. It's funny. It's like in Donegal growing up, um, we wouldn't say era because that would be kind of considered too, you know, too Dublin mm. a word. So the way we say <laughs> it, like, that's, that's worse again. That's worse. <laughs> that's worse. <laughs> but um, yeah, the one that like we say is um, calm, which is bent, which I, I, I'm so used to it that I don't mind it. I think it probably is a bit. Um, a bit offensive mm-hmm. but it's um yeah it's like he's just you know he he's uh, tasha calm he, you know he he's he's bent essentially is what you're saying <laughs> oh, but that sounds so nice and Tush- it's only got a lot of tasha calm sounds like shaka khan when they said it there <laughs> how do you spell it sorry because uh, c after the m just uh, calm calm oh. yeah. that's, yeah, that's lovely that's actually yeah it's, i really like I that, that one that. um it's something i got called once which is Again, it's like I don't understand it. It was like some like it got, got laughter from the people I was around, but I didn't understand it. I was called a, a buhul ban, which is like a white boy. But oh, I really accurate, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> like, but I, I didn't understand. Apparently, like it was lads from Belfast, so maybe they can explain, you know, yeah. what that is. But it's I just remember it got like a lot of laughter around, and I was just like, I really don't get this joke, lads. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, but yeah, calm is the only one that I really uh, yeah. like, and I quite I quite yeah, like that's it. Nice. You know? I like that. mm. Yeah. I think Atrick is probably less weaponized than queer would have been. Yeah. Which I think is why, I mean, I like a lot of people still have reservations about queer. And I think yeah. there's kind of almost a backlash against it again now, maybe. Okay. Where a lot of people have problems. I, like, I've got no problem with it. I mm-hmm. kind of quite like it as a term. But um, I think these things will always be kind of quite cyclical of people falling in their love of the terms. Like... Yeah, because when mm-hmm. I did put up the um, when I was curating for Mother Folklore, I put up LGBT and somebody was going, "You left at Q," and mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, okay." And you know, like I d- and then there's also an I, so I have no idea when to use it, you know. And I'm, you know, uh, I'm obviously gay. In case we didn't like make that clear <laughs> in the last twenty minutes, but it's like I have no idea when to use those words or if I'm supposed to use them all the time or you know. Mm-hmm. I would normally say LGBTQIA plus. But I know, okay. like, again, I'm leaving people out, you know? Yeah, yeah. that's the thing. Like, so, where's the cutoff? The pluses, yeah. othering, and yeah. Because I was thinking about that because I, I know some people who maybe wouldn't be as interested in these issues uh, would say, oh, it's hard to keep up with the terminology, man. You know, they have a new word every week, them. And I was like, well, actually, it's, it takes the slightest effort. It's, it's, it's the basic politeness you'd extend to somebody visiting your house or visiting your workplace. It, it's not asking a lot. And mm. I've wondered about the plus because, yeah, chances are I they're. I would have always said LGBT and then I realized there was maybe more to it than that because even as recently as a friend of mine shared the Irish for LGBT being LADT and at the time we were still wait, waiting confirmation for a word for our cue but the great thing with the folklore I took like the folklore itself is it's an evolving work yeah exactly. mm, it's exactly. an evolving work I it's mean a, it's, a, it's a draft and it's not perfect and there are some uh, questionable entries um, but I mean it's it's a work in progress and it's better than nothing um, and it is being I believe it's being sent to um, 
Chairman.ie and the Kushis Hermiachta. Um, so they're having a look at it. Um, but like Sinead said in that episode we had about um, Dinabiog, like if you have, like we've already came up with two terms that don't have um, uh, an Irish you know, a translation or or have a question about Irish translation, we're not sure what it might be. So like write in, send in to them if you have a suggestion. Go for it. Um in the break we came up with a fantastic Yes. Uh, like the greatest is... thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Anton, go Basically to to introduce this, uh, one of the things as well as looking for what terms exist in English terms exist in English and finding what their Irish equivalent should be. There are words in the Irish language, maybe which haven't been found by English yet, or which are Sometimes, the, you know, what you're looking for is right where you left it. And there are words existing in the Irish language that needs to be brought back. Anton, you had a very interesting one for us. OK, so um, I, I was talking earlier about how I was a bit worried about coming on because we have a lot of words at home that I say to people and they're like, that's not a word, OK? That's something that was made up in your house. Uh, and there was one in particular that I used an example that my mother says the whole time uh, when she's kind of given out to me, which is all of the time. And it's a turtog, which is the crap piece of uh, turf that you can't really burn <laughs> in a fire. Um, which is, so, uh, yeah. A bad turf. A uh, bad yeah. piece of turf. A crap piece of turf. <laughs> <laughs> Some, something they have time for in England, but not over here. No, no, none of that over here. I thought that was very interesting. Can you, can you spell it for us? Uh, well, as far as I'm aware... I think it's, it's going to catch on. Uh, <laughs> it's T-U-R-T-O for the G is how... Now, like my I spelling, I, again, okay. it's like Donegal, <laughs> Donegal Irish spelling. So there'll be, there'll probably going to be some guy from, you know, downtown Boston sending you an angry email going, <laughs> when Anton was on, he said this and he is wrong and he's an idiot and he smells. And you're right there. But by the third thought, OK, I'm doing my best. Look, I, I think the historians will look back and when there's questions about Irish influence on English etymology, we will be able to trace it back to this very day <laughs> when you coined the phrase for a crap turf. <laughs> <or> <laughs> And you actually had another interesting uh, Donegal expression for mansplaining, am I correct? Oh, that was just something I made up before was, we started. But, um, <laughs> That's a word. What are th- words? Thereby making it Donegal Irish. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, this could be it. So for mansplaining, uh, fargonch. So yeah, argonch is to argue. Love it. Excellent. Absolutely love it. Because it's got far, so farg in there as well as far. Mm, exactly. Yeah. It's just, that's just fantastic. It's layers. <laughs> layers. layers. <laughs> I don't think anything will ever beat Brexit though. Like the, the one I heard, uh, Sassama. Yeah. Mm. Which is just, it's my favourite word. Like it's so good. It's just brilliant. Look, and, and we won't talk about Brexit here when I'm here. <laughs> <Yeah>. It's very <laughs> unfortunate that you brought it up yet again. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a ghost that haunts us all. Yeah, that's Darach and I's origin story. We had an argument about Brexit on Twitter and then we became friends. Mara Valerian talks with us about making a movie about it. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Peter Morgan is going to do the script. <laughs> I'm right here. Like, <laughs> Don't call us, we'll call you. <laughs> but so just in terms of before we ra- wrap up, just I mean, like um, one of the things that you often find any article about Ireland International say, sure, it used to be a land of potatoes and big woolly jumpers. But now they had a referendum. And isn't that great? And now they have a gay Taoiseach. And isn't that great too? Yeah, it's kind of funny how it's just really like we're seen like, well, we are really liberal. It's not we're seen anymore. We are incredibly yeah. liberal. Um, yeah. And it's I mean, like everyone voted for it, except for Roscommon and Leitrim. We will remember. People who live in glass houses from Donegal. <laughs> but like, nobody ever says if you read an article at Denmark, it never says Denmark used to land up pig farmers and Vikings, but now they have technology. <laughs> it's like, it's, like at what point do we say, you know what, you don't have to mention like the family 
run on stuff anymore. At what point is it just, you know, oh, Sweden used to be like a country where they um, did Swedish stuff. And saunas. It's pretty much <laughs> hey, all the country. Hey, whoa, hold the phone. Oh, no. Saunas are finished, man. <laughs> yes. I didn't know that. Well, Clearly not a regular listener. I've said it before. <laughs> okay. You can't, you can't diss Finland on this show. Okay. Um, yeah. but I am the ambassador to all things Finnish. I did, as you can see from my loftily, <laughs> clearly handmade hat that I'm wearing. It's true. It's true. And she's about to make her migration back to Finland. And we're going to miss her very much until she returns. I'd say that. In the bitter Irish winter. But yes, big gay Ireland. Um, has official Ireland made too much of, has, has official Ireland patted itself a bit too much in the back from the referendum, which is effectively a bunch of people voting on the rights of a smaller group of people, yeah. which probably shouldn't have, shouldn't have happened in the first place. I mean, I would say so because... It's not like any of these parties or any politician really wanted to go through with it. I mean, when you consider, like, we were decriminalized in 1993, you know, uh, and it was only because the case was taken to the EU and, we, you know, Ireland was made to do it. So, yeah, for, for them to go now, oh, well, aren't we a great bunch of lads for, for doing this? It's like, you fought us tooth and nail. So don't be trying to, you know, take credit now at such a late stage. I mean, even Leo, you know, he didn't, it, it's not like he was out you know, he came out because I, I assume it just tested well for him, you know, and it's like, this is something that, you know, will get me a lot of votes and will make me Taoiseach. And it worked! <laughs> We're <laughs> all so stupid! But, but he, Why he, didn't you think of it? I know! <laughs> I think, though, it, 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 it was probably, um, it was definitely a moment for some some voters who they didn't actually think, because they, they had an image in their head of what, what what gay people are like, and they never thought it was someone who's like a, a senior politician. But at the same time, I think the referendum was, it was incredibly traumatic for a lot of people, mm. particularly the fact that, you know, those weeks and you weren't sure if it was going to go through the idea of what happens if you have to walk down the street and think that. It's, I went out the night before specifically to avoid that, because I was just yeah. like, I, I'm going to wake up tomorrow being a second class citizen. So I went out on the Friday night and got home at like eight in the morning um, and then got a phone call from my sister at 10 going like, are you watching the news? Like, it's actually going to pass. And went out and had one of the best days in Dublin. Um, and it was funny because it was like this kind of really jarring thing for me where Ireland had passed it. But uh, at home, they voted really like it was the high, I think the highest no in the county or in the country was my local, you know, like was uh, the village over. Mm-hmm. So it was really bad. So what we did was uh, I was home the next weekend when they had all the polling votes out. So me and my family sat down and went, okay, there were 16 votes. Yes, we're five. We're five. Okay. <laughs> we the Muldownies, the Muldownies. Oh, definitely. What about James? Oh, no, no, James definitely did. You know, and we went through all of them and figured out who voted yes. And like, we just had oh some, gosh. we were able to mm-hmm. figure it out because it's so few people there. Off the Christmas yeah. card list. Off no. the Christmas oh, card the list. The finnerties. A lot of them. <laughs> Wait, I, you, yeah. I yeah. had a really, really brutal experience canvassing my own road for that referendum where one of my friends, one of my best pals from school was with me and he'd done a lot of canvassing at this stage and he went up and knocked on the door of an older couple who lived pretty much directly across the road from me and I didn't know them too well but they would have had a grandchild in our year in school myself Mm -hmm. and this friend and he opened the door and began to spiel and they started roaring screaming at him like horrific stuff about you know sex and how it's perverted and calling him a pervert and comparing him to all kinds of things and that was so jarring and not something that happened when I went back and canvassed my road for this referendum. Mm-hmm. And kind of on the broader kind of note, I was kind of almost perturbed by how 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 much the yes side won in this referendum compared to the last one. Because yeah. I think people were lied to a lot, you know, on the subject of abortion. People have a lot of fears about abortion. 
Whereas I think if you vote no to marriage equality, you're fairly clearly an arsehole. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like I, it could not have less to do with you. It probably won't affect you if mm-hmm. you're a straight cis person, you know. Yeah. I think, though, because I remember thinking before the, and I'm glad I didn't put any money on it, but I was thinking that there's, I thought there's no way the abortion referendum will pass by any more than the marriage equality referendum. That, yeah. that is the yeah. glass ceiling. And then I was like, what? Obviously, a lot of people who were mobilized in a way they hadn't been before, and the yeah. actual, and also campaigners are match fit from the yeah. from yeah. the marriage. It, did. it totally paved the paved the way. I mean, we we all took um took example from the the uh, marriage referendum. You know, it was it was based off of that. This is how they won it. This is how we're going to win it the next time. And I mean, it is a really weird thing that you. I mean, it was a weird thing to celebrate both times around that. Oh, we're celebrating basic human decency yeah. that was denied for so long. I mean, it was great that it happened, but like, shit, do we have to go through all of that for to be like, you know what, the rest of the country accepts you, now go back to minding your own business, which was kind of the, mm-hmm. the way for both of them. I mean, I just thought it was just the weirdest thing that we were being celebrated globally for being like not arseholes like the, 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 the vast majority weren't like terrible people um, which is a weird thing to celebrate and the rest of the world is like oh Ireland is so progressive mm-hmm. like is it though is it really that progressive you know we're still we're still have people in direct provision and all that that's the next referendum no, it's not oh. kidding the next one's blasphemy Blasphemy, gone, out. That's yeah. it. Get that, I think, in fairness, if they're even going to show up for that, like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> if they even show up for that, like, oh, you know, you, you, but, you know, God love them. I mean, but. Well, God can, does can, love them. God does love us. Yeah. But I suppose going back and just thinking in the context of celebrating for the referendums of the, somebody was asking me about translating how to wish someone happy pride. And it got to me thinking, because we were just, as we mentioned with Brexit there, translating the term Brexit does give an opportunity for correction of a term that has in itself an incorrect detail, whether it's in that case being Britain rather than the United Kingdom. And in the case of actually, pride isn't gay St. Patrick's Day. It's not that thing. They actually, it has a history, the event. And so, uh, Broad Hona. Um, yeah, did, Broad Hona, yeah, is what uh, I would say. Or, mm-hmm. You know, or Broadway. But Broadway sounds more like Broadway, so I think the kids yes. will accept that <laughs> much oh. quicker. <laughs> say it again, slowly. So, uh, Broadway. Broadway. That would be in a Donegal accent. That would be in a Donegal accent, yes. <laughs> <laughs> This is not how normal people say it, okay? <laughs> But I like it. It sounds nice. It sounds like a, mm. I don't know, a kitten or something. Like, I, should, I love it. Like. Joe, <laughs> next time you get like um, a death threat, I should just read it in a Donegal accent. Yeah, to just kind of be like, like, and you'd be like, aww. That's adorable. <laughs> hey, nowhere. Yeah, you love it. See, I, I, anytime I just do, always do a Belfast accent whenever I'm doing it because it's yeah, my. That's, that's a different kind yeah, of accent. Uh, in fairness, yeah, my accent it, isn't particularly. In English, my accent isn't Donegal by any stretch mm. of the imagination. Yeah. So. Well, you know, Che Guevara spoke English with a Limerick accent. So, I mean, people do have different accents in different languages. And so. this, was it Stalin and Lenin both had um, Irish accents? Lenin had a Rathmines accent. Sorry, he, he, this sounds like horseshit, what? lads. What? It's, it, was in the, it was in the papers this it, week. I, I saw it on oh, Twitter. The papers, therefore it's accurate. <laughs> I saw it on Twitter that Lenin had, had a Rathmines accent on account of learning English from a guy from Rathmines. That sounds definitely legitimate. That sounds like it would hold up to academic scrutiny. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, we don't know that. What we do, what we do know is that um, if you have been affected or are more interested in any of the issues in today's episode, you can go online at www.shoutout.ie. I don't have a charity or anything, <laughs> so either. I'm Not very okay. selfish. And if you're interested in folklore, I check and find out the terminology for L-A-D-T, L-A-D-T, 
uh, <laughs> <laughs> a terminology that says um, www.usi.e forward slash folklore F-O-C-L-O-I-R um, hyphen achach A-I-T-E-A-C-H and on that note have a wonderful pride and a slant from me a slant from me a slant from me and also a slant from me catch you next time Thanks for everyone for listening to our latest episode. Uh, Mother Folklore comes out on Fridays. Uh, thank you very much to Kirsten for doing the artwork. Thank God for Brian trimming this a bit. Uh, the Headstuff Studios has some really great podcast content. Uh, one of the latest podcasts is uh, Up to 90. And I believe there is a podcast coming or already landed about Mary Robinson, which I will be tuning into. You should too. Uh, thanks very much for listening and we'll catch you on the next one. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. RuPaul just speaks Irish. Don't take it away from me. <laughs> Genuinely, when that when I saw that tweet, I audibly gasped in my office so much that the lady beside me was like, "All right," and I was like, "Is that happening?" But I need to go outside and make you calls. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>